If you are joining us today for the first time, you're welcome. We are glad that you are here. And just to let you know that here at Southside Bible Fellowship, we continue to believe that since the Bible is the word of God and that everyone that believes in Jesus Christ is a child of God, let us say it together. The Bible is God's word for us. Thank you. Children, are, you are free to go. Today we are in chapter 27 of Acts. We have more, one more chapter to go. Paul is on his way to Rome, just as the Lord had promised him. In chapter 23, verse 11, if you will just go back there, chapter 23, verse 11, so that we remind ourselves of the promise that God gave to Paul. When Paul was discouraged, when he thought he was going to be killed, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. So the Lord makes it clear to Paul that you will get to Rome. Be courageous. It's a promise, and it is the Lord's word. And we know that God keeps his word. In fact, if you asked Christians today, they will, almost every Christian will agree that God keeps his word. And so Paul believes what the Lord says to him, and on his way to Rome, he takes with him Luke, who is writing the book, and Aristarchus, a, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. So he goes with his two friends. And together with other prisoners, they are given to a centurion called Julius, who is to take them to Rome. And... They are put, the centurion, together with the prisoners, get into a ship, an Egyptian ship that was going to Italy. And on the way, they encounter one of the most dangerous shipwrecks that you can imagine of. If you look at verse 13 to 20, just the description that is given there, Luke has given us a very detailed information concerning their experience. 
from verse 13 we are told, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. They are losing control. As we passed to the lee of small island called Cloud, Cloud, we, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard, then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold to it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Satis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. Now you should understand how Luke is speaking here because he says they, so this means he is referring to the other sailors. Some of them were business people. And now they are throwing away their merchandise. They are trying their best to survive. On the third day, on the third day, they threw, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. This is very important. We finally... Luke does not say they, he says we. Now this includes everyone in the ship. We finally gave up not some hope, but all hope of being saved. There are no words, no maps, no pictures that can convey the intensity of the emotional turmoil that these sailors are going through. This is a slow death. It's particularly very hard for Paul because of the promise that the Lord gave him. Now, Paul here he responds when all this happened he does respond when you look back, he had told them not to go. And he, I, I believe he had spoken prophetically here. In, in verse 9, 
In verse, from verse 9, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. So Paul warned them. In verse 10, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bringing great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. I think Paul here is speaking as a prophet. But he says we are not, go, not all, only going to lose the cargo, the merchandise, we are also going to lose our lives if we go that way. And the centurion listens to Paul, but he does not do what Paul asks. So he goes to the pilot and the owner of the ship who have much to lose, and he asks them, what do you think? And they say, oh, we can go. And so they decide to go, and they experience the shipwreck that we have just read of. So when you look at what Paul says, when he warns them that if we go, we are not only going to lose our cargo, but we will lose our lives. And then look at what they experience when the storm and the violet waves pound against the boat. And Luke says that we all gave up hope. You should know that even Paul, who is in that boat, is giving up all hope. Because he had said, if we go this way, we will lose our lives. So at this point, even Paul has lost all hope, even though the Lord had told him that you will testify of me in Rome. I am... Shocked when I read some other commentators on this passage, and they want to think that Paul was calm in this ship, that he, everything for him was okay because of the promise that the Lord had given. If that was the case, Luke would have told us that we all lost hope except Paul. And if Paul had any encouragement at this point, Luke would have listened to him. Paul is losing hope here. And probably he's asking himself, what happened to the promise that the Lord gave me? And some of us have been in moments like this where you trusted God and did exactly what you believed God wanted you to do, and then God did not do what you expected him to do. You found yourself in a spot that tempted you to think that God was failing. 
you were tempted to lose hope because the promises of God were not coming to pass. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. There is a lady, a friend, who came to me. She was diagnosed with uh, cervical cancer. So she had to undergo a surgery, meaning that she would not have children. And together with her husband, I remember having a conversation with them after the surgery, and she said, I am very confused because God promised me that I will have children. And now, I cannot have children. It seemed to them as if God's promises were failing. And we know that God's word is supposed to give us hope and assurance. It's supposed to strengthen us and enable us to keep on trusting on the Lord. But when it seems as if God's word is failing, we lose hope. Imagine you are praying for your brother, your sister, your loved one, your grandchildren, or even your children who are yet to know the Lord, and you are doing your best. You are praying for them in faith, believing that God who hears prayers also answers prayers. But the more you pray, the more rebellious they become. And you attempted to give up. And you know when we, as believers, when we lose hope, we lose confidence in God. Because faith is the confidence that God will do what he says he will do. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us that. It is the assurance of the things not yet seen. But there are moments in life that make us question that confidence that we have in God. And many Christians who claim that they believe that God keeps his word when they find themselves in those tempting moments, they lose confidence. They start questioning God's faithfulness. I have been there 
you have been there. And maybe some of us are there right now. Paul is experiencing this together with his two friends who are believers. At least we know that. And so the question that I ask is, what do you do when you are tempted to lose hope? And there are so many things that people do. Sometimes we just decide to live a life without God, without caring what God thinks or what he wants to do. And you know how I know that uh, even though we may claim that we believe God keeps his word. You know how I know that we doubt him? Look at when we are planning our lives, when we are making plans. Do you really plan with the mindset that you can only succeed if God makes you succeed? When you, your income is not enough to take care of your needs, do you still give faithfully, believing that God is able to supply all your needs according to his wonderful riches in glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. If you cannot give faithfully because your income is not able to meet your needs, that's one way you are questioning God's faithfulness. It's one way we kind of are tempted to lose hope on God's promises. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this to help you realize that in many ways in our lives, we do question God's faithfulness. Even though we may say we believe that he keeps his word. We believe that he's so powerful, he's able to do what he says he will do. How many times have you given up praying because God didn't seem to answer you at your time. How many times have you felt in your heart that God was calling you to forgive someone that hurt you very badly 
and you still withheld that forgiveness. Even though you claim that God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ. What do you do when you are tempted to lose hope? When God doesn't seem to do what he says he will do. When the promises of God that you've been holding on to don't come to pass, what do you do? When the sailors hear lose all hope, Paul speaks at this moment. He says, this is after they had gone a long time without food and without light. Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Now, when you read that portion, you may think, oh, Paul was okay. We were the only ones who were losing hope. But no. Not any of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Look at verse 23. Last night, the reason Paul is able to say these words is because last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. Why would the angel of the Lord tell Paul, do not be afraid if Paul is courageous? Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man. Lord, I have, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Now Paul has confidence. Because the Lord has shown himself to encourage him. The same Lord that appeared and told him you will testify of me in Rome has to appear again, this time through an angel, to assure him. If Paul had faith here and he was courageous enough, if he had not lost any hope, the Lord would not have appeared to him. The Lord would not have told him, do not be afraid.
Have you ever prayed and it felt like God was not listening? Felt like God is so far away. You feel like he is not as concerned about you and what you are going through as the Bible wants you to think. You try your best. You're not even trying to walk on water. You're just trying to stay underwater and still survive. And everything seems to be falling apart in your life. And you can't even pray. I have had moments where I wake up early in the morning at about four, desiring to spend some time with the Lord, and I go and sit down and I I just can't say anything. Because I have prayed and prayed and prayed. I have cried and cried and cried. And the only thing I can think of is, is this God real? Is my faith real? Is there a problem with me? On the sinking ship, In a raging storm, the Lord appears to assure his servant. And this is not the first time the Lord has appeared to assure Paul. In Acts 18, chapter 9 and 10, when Paul was in Corinth, the Lord appeared to him in a vision. And in chapter 23 that we read, he appeared to Paul in person. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, while Paul was in Rome, the Lord stood with him. So when I look at this, it tells me that God knows. He knows when we need to be reminded. He knows when we need to be encouraged. He knows when we are being afraid, when we are losing hope, and he has ways of just coming along to encourage us, to revive us, to help us realize that he 
is still there with us and that we can trust him. And when you look at Numbers 23, verse 16, the author actually asks a question. Will God say and not do? Will he promise and not act? When I look at the experiences that Paul and his company are going through, and how the Lord responds to them to assure them and to encourage them, there is only one thing that comes to mind. And that is, no matter what happens to your life, God can be trusted. No matter what you face, even when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when you have tried everything, when help seems to be out of reach, God can be trusted. And you should know that even after this promise, they still experience the storm until they come to the land. And in the end, they all reach Rome. If you read at verse 24, they find brothers and sisters there who are waiting for them. And in verse 24, at this point, sorry, not verse 24. Oh, that was a different chapter. In verse 15, From verse 15, yes. The brothers and sisters there heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and listened to this and was encouraged. Again, the author is showing you here that he was discouraged, was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Now, let me take you back a little bit. Because these people had lost appetite and hope. On the 14th day from verse 27... I'm sorry, I confused you. <laughs> that was chapter 28. I'm sorry, I, I was carried away here. On the 14th day, 14th night, we were still being driven across. Verse 33, this, they were still experiencing the, ship, the shipwreck. Verse 33, before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat for their last 
for the last 14 days, he, has, he said, you've been in, con in constant suspense and I've gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. All together, there were 276 of us on board. And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. And then, even though God had promised that uh, they will reach Rome, we are told on the way some of the soldiers in verse 42 wanted to kill the prisoners to prevent them from escaping. But the centurion stopped them. And they all, everyone reached the land safely. No one was killed as Paul has, had promised, as the Lord had promised Paul. Never give up on God. Never give up on God. When you are tempted to, to lose heart, and I'm saying this because in many areas of our lives, we experience these issues. Believers. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, after seeing all the miracles that God had done to rescue them, following the direction that God wanted them to follow, they found themselves before the Red Sea, the mountains, and the Egyptians were coming furiously to kill them. And they turned to Moses and started complaining, crying out and saying to Moses, is it because we don't have graves in Egypt that you want us to die here in the desert. We told you to leave us alone. They started complaining, wanting to be back as slaves. God had sent Moses to rescue them, to take them to the promised land. God had promised them deliverance. But they found themselves in a spot where they lost confidence and questioned God's faithfulness. And Moses looked at the children of Israel, not knowing what God would do. And he said to them, why are you complaining? He said to them, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see them no more because God will fight for you. 
Moses didn't know what God was going to do, but Moses had experienced God's power many times in Egypt. He had developed full trust in God. He was sold out. And he turned to the Lord, and the Lord told Moses, stop crying to me, tell the children of Israel to move forward, take your stuff, touch the water, and I'm going to make a way. And the Lord made a way. Never give up on God. See, when you when you trust in the Lord, it doesn't mean that you will not experience difficulties. You will. You will. You will experience even some of the most difficulties in life. And the enemy will want to use those moments to paint a different picture. Because his goal is to make you forget everything that the Lord says about you. His goal is to mislead you. His goal is to distort God's image in your life so that you can question his faithfulness. That is his goal. And you, man of God, a woman of God, a child of God, when you find yourself in that place where you are tempted to lose hope or you are struggling to wait on God, please know that no matter what happens, God will still be faithful. You can trust him. Listen. I don't have any personal agenda here. Okay? If you trust in God, I'm not going to benefit from your trust. That's for you. I, I don't have any personal agenda. My goal here is to point you to the Lord and to share with you what you need and what the Lord wants for you so that you as a child of God can benefit from that. I don't have any personal agenda. Your faithfulness is a benefit to you. Your relationship with the Lord is a benefit to you. And as I speak this, I'm also speaking to myself. Never give up on God. And for some of us, maybe this should be our prayer. Some of us should just turn to God and tell him, God, what I'm going through is just too hard for me. And I know you are able, I know you are faithful, but Lord, it's just hard for me to even believe that. So help me, help my unbelief. Just give me the strength that I need this time to trust you, to wait on you. 
Some of us, you just say, God, I've been praying for my children. I've been praying for my grandchildren. I've been praying for my spouse. But every time I look at him, every time I look at her, every time I look at them, there is nothing that shows me or gives me a glimpse of hope. And God, you know that I am tempted to lose hope. Just help me. Help me to keep on trusting you. Help me to know that I can trust you because you are faithful. Every time you find yourself struggling to trust the Lord, turn that struggle into a prayer. Cry out to God. Just tell him, I, I cannot go beyond this. You know, people say God cannot give you, uh, what do they say? God cannot, oh, I think he can. <laughs> I think he does. The only way we can handle what he allows in our lives is when he strengthens us to do so. There are so many things I've seen people go through that I don't think I can handle. I don't. But I know that with him we can endure anything because he is faithful. Never give up on God. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your promises. And Lord, there are many of us that are concerned about our family members If there's any area of your life that you know you have been tempted to question God's faithfulness or to lose hope, any area of your life, whether it's your prayer life, can you just take a minute right now and turn that struggle to prayer? And Lord, I also remember to pray for Lou and Dawn and for Ralph and Debbie. And Lord, you know the challenges that they face. You know their prayers, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you may minister to them at the point of their needs. I pray that you may strengthen them. I pray that your peace may reign in their hearts. I pray that they may experience you 
in a way that glorifies you. And I pray for that one soul that is here this morning that is yet to trust in you, that in your own way, Lord, you may reach out to that person. And if there's a way you want to use us, Lord, our answer is yes. And above all, for all the prayers that have been brought to you by your people, I pray that you may be glorified as you respond to them. In Jesus' name, amen.